Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cold Feet Podcast. Join our journey as we interview people in this cold plunge and we delve on the adventure of holistic health, athletic development, barefoot education, washing the norm, and so much more. So dive in, grab a hot cocoa, and enjoy the episode. Before we start our podcast episode, we would like to give a brief shout out to our podcast sponsors. Most shoes harm your mobility by over-restricting your foot's natural movement. With the Ursus from Barefoot Athletics, a shoe designed with minimal restrictions, your feet can move the way nature intended, so you can move with more confidence and strength in every step. Barefoot Shoes was founded by Chris Duffin, who attributes proper foot biomechanics as foundational to his success in squatting and deadlifting over 1,000 for reps. He created Barefoot Shoes to provide a minimal shoe designed for strength athletes. Go to barefoot.shoes slash TBSR to check out the Ursus and you can save 10% with the code TBSR10 to purchase the strongest minimalist shoe available. As a gym owner, I usually lift barefoot. When I can't lift barefoot, I love lifting in my barefoot shoes for both the health benefits of lifting barefoot and the increased ground feel I have in all my lifts. You don't need supplements to build muscle, lose fat, and get healthy, but the right ones can help. That's why over 350,000 fitness folk have chosen Legion. Well, that and their 100% natural products, their clinically effective ingredients and doses, and their no-hassle money-back guarantee. I've been following Michael Matthews, the CEO of Legion Athletics Journey, since 2012, and I am super duper impressed with their supplements. They have a wide variety of everything from protein powders, pre-workouts, post-workouts, omega-3s, and bundles. And you can save a whooping 20% with the discount code HABER, H-A-B-E-R. So just log in to legionathletics.com, and the discount code is HABER for 20% off. Earthrunners are some of my favorite minimalist sandals. Earthrunners were created to rewild our lives in response to the typical modern domesticated lifestyle, which is causing numerous health, psychological, and social issues. Through rewilding and grounding, we aim to bring stronger, healthier, and more resilient individuals and communities back to our society. If you're not familiar with grounding, grounding is exposing your bare feet or body to the earth beneath you. And if you're unable to do that, you can ground with sandals like Earthrunners with their unique copper plug and copper laces. Grounding has a huge display of benefits such as reducing inflammation, improving sleep, and improving happiness. So you can check out Earthrunners at earthrunners.com and you can use our discount code of TBSR10 to get 10% off. We are live. Okay, Tal, so happy to have you here on the podcast. First time meeting in person, so happy to connect. So Tal, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and what brings you here today. Yeah, all right. So, well, man, actually, that's my first ever podcast, I think. So I don't really know how to address this, but I've never been in the spotlight. Um, Just be be yourself. Um, yeah, okay, so I'll, I'll just go, I'll go sleep then. Now, I, I uh, do, I do sandals, man. We do sandals, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm uh, the co founder, let's say, of uh, Zuzu Sandals, uh, an avid uh, barefoot runner, hiker, sleeper, slackliner, whatever. But, um, 
Yeah, that, that's that's like that's in a nutshell what I am. I don't know. Defining yourself is hard, man. You tell me about yourself. <laughs> Show me how it's done properly. Well, I'm the one interviewing you, but so Zuzu Sandals, okay. for those who don't know, is a brand that's been around for how many years, Tal? Uh, it's been officially it's been around for say three years, like as the uh, yeah, like mass production, we can say, but uh in heart and in uh, as an artisan point of sandals making, it's been around for much longer than that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So a few years yeah. and recently the Zuzu sandal opened up to the mass public. Now yeah, because yeah. I'm not because yeah. I'm not the founder or visionary behind it, Hal, I would love yeah. for you to share uh, how you made this dream become a reality. Maybe tell us more about your sandals. What makes them unique? Yeah, all right. Uh, that we can do. That we can do. So, uh, yeah. So those of you who don't know, so we make uh, all of our models at the moment are made of uh, cycled tires, or to be more specific, upcycled car tires. And um, we we reached that. Like, yeah, it's a long story how we reached actually using car tires for that. But um, the point we came out of was that. We, we've been traveling, hiking, and yeah, exploring different parts of the world, both me and Adav, my partner, and my business partner. He's, uh, yeah, he's gone through uh, also a certain process with the Turkish Sandals. I'll speak about it more my, out of my personal view and uh, my personal story. So it was actually, um, it all started, I think, with like other than... Um, yeah, my whole life actually growing up. So we grew up in Amirim, which is a small village in the north of Israel. And, um, you know, we had a thing there. We used to walk bare feet all the time. And all the time, I mean, like during the summer days, you know, August summer days in, in Israel, it's like, I don't know, it can reach uh, 38 degrees in Amirim sometimes. And the sun is like super hot. The asphalt roads would be like, I don't know, there was probably over 45 of them. And um, we used to have this uh, competition of uh, running on them, you know, like from shade to shadow. So reach one shade so your feet don't burn. So we used to walk their feet like wherever. And um, I remember there was this thing that if you had the, the thickest skin, you could like uh, have this like really sharp spikes. If they don't go in, then you're good to go. You know, then you're like, uh, you're one of us, and um, that—that's how we spend our childhood. I mean, it was so natural, and uh, we always were a bit like, a, yeah, it, it was a part of us. And um, the the next uh, step in my life where it really met me was actually during my military service, where I, uh, yeah, I had like tons of issues with my feet, like with my legs, my body in general, but uh, I had like uh, two um, stress uh, factors in both of my feet from uh, you know, over <laughs> doing too many stuff. And um, I had like, uh, yeah, rupture here and, and inflammations everywhere all the time. Okay, we did like a lot of heavy, like heavy duty too, yeah, I don't know how to all that but it's yeah it was a bit too intense um but uh, one thing that 
was very clear from the start is that something is not right. Something like second I put my feet on inside of a military shoe, something felt like awfully wrong. I had to go and do some special insults to be even able to, to walk with that. But well, I, I, I survived my uh, like uh, four and a half years of army with that. But uh, somewhere around, uh, yeah, somewhere on this path, I remember um, it was right after um, Born, to, Born to Run, you know, the famous uh, book we all read, uh, came out. So it was about, I read it like 13 years ago, I guess, something like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure it, it, yeah, it was released by. 13 or 14 years ago, probably. So I heard it and I was like, uh, yeah, that makes sense, you know? And uh, I bet so many others did that as well. And after reading that, I, I remember reading that I was sitting, waiting for an MRI for one of my issues and one of my legs. And uh, I was reading that and I was like, wow, that just sucks. That, that makes total sense. And since that moment on, I started searching for, for a better way to, yeah, a better way to move, a better way, a healthier way to move, not what I was taught that people thought. You know, run, and if it's painful, it's okay, wait, right? And, um, yeah, I started exploring on this path, and, um, yeah, I tried to make my own uh, sandals, and uh, I bought some of the other Sandals company is uh, one of the few of the first ones, and I uh, experimented with those. And uh, yeah, the, then it really started. And after that, I went and traveled in uh, yeah many places, long time. But I, I really lived with my uh, backpack and my, my stuff. I remember I, I still like when I went um, traveling for the first time. I still had like a pair of chocolates because I this is like a robust sandal we all when we go out of the army we think about that and we're like robust and big and strong and that's what we have in mind and I remember carrying them around like for I don't know through how many countries but I I always felt like like that's way too heavy to be like uh, I don't know five percent of my bag or ten percent of my bag was like a pair of sandals and or a pair of uh, running shoes because you know, you're gonna put the wrong ones. So what I was always looking for was this three-in-one thing I can carry around with me, and that's how we actually call our sandals. We call it a three-in-one footwear. You can uh, take it in your flip-flop. It's really nice to walk around, just to chill, and uh, it looks good. Um, yeah, almost wherever you go, almost. Take it to any business meeting in New York, maybe. Uh, and um, you know, you, you can, uh, did I say it's like a for a run? So you can, you know, run with it. And you yeah. can run with any other shoe, maybe not swings, but never pleasantly disassembled. But I would say that, uh, yeah, for every, yeah, every outdoor run, I would prefer it. And, and any pair of shoes I had to till then. So that was the, that was what we were aiming for. That was what I always try to find in all kinds of places. And I always try to find this good balance between having something that is, let's say, sleek enough to, to walk around with and not feel like too chunky, 
and something that can also adjust and can support you to like uh, you in different conditions or just uh, yeah, walking around if it's deserts or, or rivers or or um, like tropical conditions, which uh, many times you just want something to drive that. So it's um yeah, it's it's always been there, you know, when you, when you travel, when you're a nomad, when you and move between places the whole, like every day, every week, every month, you always try to minimize your, your uh, belongings, right? You're kind of, uh, yeah, you're trying to find like the best fit of everything. And uh, that was in my mind for a long time. And um, yeah, we, we, we experimented, we did like, also me and Adav, we, we both had the same uh, process in a way. He found uh, some small artisan uh, in uh, the north of Thailand in some small village who helped him make his first perfect sandal. And uh, for me, it was like we, we even took all kind of parts and pieces we found in, uh, you know, like in... Uh, the back of our house and experimented with those, with those. So it was like this, yeah, really long process. And then when we, I remember, I I think I experimented with like three or four models, like of different brands, like known brands before I started to really say like, okay, I, I need something a bit different because um, I, yeah, I couldn't get this thing I can just carry around with me and use it everywhere. So that's what I was looking for. Um, that's why, like, uh, yeah, like the more chunkier barefoot sandals were never like, a, like they were good. I could hike with them, but I never felt like comfortable enough to walk with them when I went to a bar in the, you know, the end of the night or uh, I don't know, just like, uh, yeah, like to the beach or whatever. It felt a bit too chunky. And the really thin ones never held up. So they would just rip apart. They would just, like, uh, yeah, they were just not durable enough. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's how we, you know, moved towards Zuzu. And um, we really wanted to do something that is, uh, you know, like, uh, that is the ultimate sandal, but not the ultimate robust sandal, more like this thing that walks with you wherever or as long as you want, actually. And uh, it's a very hard task. We, we didn't know it would be that hard when we started. We, um, we kind of uh, thought it's much easier than it is to produce a, a perfect minimal sandal. But as uh, thin as you go <laughs> and as recycled, recycled as you go, the task becomes harder actually and uh, we found it to be like extremely hard to combine all the, these things we wanted to do you know we wanted to like have re replaceable straps that you can uh, choose wherever whatever color you want and do it fast and uh, we know that usually it's the straps that yeah that uh, just rip apart with the barefoot sandals so we wanted to make those like super accessible for everyone and uh, we we wanted to yeah we wanted the sole to have like the best grip ever, which was like it's, it's also a difficult task to find like the best. Somehow we found it with the tire, which is just like 
it, it blows our mind every time because it just it's, it's better than any other soul, like no doubt. And Greek wise, and, and it just doesn't change over. We didn't manage to change a single soul, you know, like the bottom of the soul of our sandals. We, we, we don't. We, we have people running marathons, walking trails with it. And uh, my my first pair that we made, it's still like cut with the uh, you know, kind of rough cut. And there's just like no change. If I wash it, the bottom just looks the same. So that was good and not good because, okay, we found a way to do that. But then, uh, ah, like maybe it's not so sellable. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we, we want to help people have their sandal for as long as possible. That's why even if their straps do wear off after a year or two, they can just buy another color and minimize their uh, consumption, actually. So we were trying to think how we make this thing, um, yeah, like, you know, super environmental, super recycled, upcycled, and then in the same time to provide, like, a sandal that is, like, sort of a holistic, uh, yeah, solution. Um, and that is still very challenging. Um, so, so it, it's it's been a, a tough road, especially manufacturing in Israel where we started, and uh, the costs are high, importing stuff like that. So, we had a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of interesting challenges, and we're still working on them. But um, yeah, all all in all, it's been a like a, a really nice uh, experiment, and we we love it. I love. Love it when uh, I see people with blue sandals. When we get like, uh, you know, good comments, people who who just did their first marathon or walk the Israel uh, trails. So it's uh, yeah, it's feeling. It's it's beautiful because I remember myself wanting to do these things with. Uh, I know after doing that, I see always the flaws and what I can make better and stuff like that. But when people really enjoy the product, um, yeah, it's it's. it's Fucking nice. Is allowed to say fucking in your room? <laughs> in the podcast? <laughs> no, but it's sweet. It's sweet. It's really it's good. Really, it's really fascinating to me to see how the common reoccurring theme of, of almost every single, let's just call it barefooter or even barefoot shoe or sandal manufacturer, they came to the world of minimalist footwear because of injury. It's the same yeah. reoccurring theme. The Shama sandal guy, the earth runner guy, the nature athletics guy who was a Marine, Ron, the barefoot runner, like we all got to this world because we looked down at our shoes and we're like, uh-uh, this isn't working. Yeah. This is not good. Especially for someone like you who grew up like in, sounds like a kibbutz, some sort of like settlement where everyone's walking around barefoot and all of a sudden you're told when you get to the army, you have to wear the insult to support your foot. And you're like, what do you mean, man? I just spent the last 15 years of my life, 20 years of my life walking barefoot. Now I have to use some fancy contraption to make it work for a boot. It just doesn't make sense. I also really like the rege regenerative aspect of your company. Like you weren't looking to make the next, I was going to say Nike sandal, but I don't think Nike makes sandals. You weren't looking to make the next big thing. You're looking to make something that's a silent but deadly companion. It's lightweight. You can slip into your hiking bag, which is affordable, but even more important, regenerative, like something that's, basically a recycled product. So I'm just blown away by like, the journey. I appreciate it. I finally got to hear a little bit of the background behind what made the, the invincible Zuzu sandal. Now, I want to hear more about 
how in the world? So we didn't really mention you mentioned this possibly, but we didn't mention it actively. Zuzu sandals are made out of recycled tires. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, how, no, how do you how do you take a tire and turn it so, into a sandal? What's the, what's the process? So, like? Yeah. So um, it's a, it's a it's an interesting one. First of all, I would say that uh, in our uh, website we have a few blogs and stuff mm-hmm. like that that uh, some people wrote some of them we wrote and uh, it's an interesting read for everyone who's interested in that uh, yeah generally in uh, what we do and how we do it but um the thing with the, the okay so let's start with the, the tire industry okay so we talked for a second about the tire industry you can say that it's uh it, it's 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 huge. It's huge in scales we can't even grasp. I was like mind blown when I started when when I first encountered it, and I was like, "How is this even possible?" But but it's like like trillions of tons, you know. It's like it's it's ridiculous. And I, and I'm not saying no tires because okay, we we do need to uh, yeah we we need them for everything. We need them for transportation. Uh, when you want to go here hiking, you usually take your car and you drive somewhere when you need to. Like the farmers need their tires to, um, you know, to transport and they produce food. Like we all we all need them. It's not like they're going to go away. Um, they might change in the future, the, the, the compounds and the, the way they work, but they're going to stay. And it's a massive industry. It's it's huge. And then not only the tires that, uh, so, so there's, Okay, first of all, there's many types of tires, okay? There's uh, th- different manufacturers, it's made of different compounds, uh, and uh, you, you've got the winter tires, you've got the winter tires with studs, you've got the uh, summer tires, you've got airplane tires, you've got motorbike tires, uh, bicycle tires, so you got like so many types of different products and um, such a huge amount that is being cast away every year. Uh, and then the... What we found out was that when you, <clears throat> if you want to make a, any product of a used tire, so you actually, uh, you can't reach a, a good product. You can actually manufacture something that is, that is um, consistent or close to consistent. And the, the material usually breaks down. It's already broken down. It's been like, yeah, it's been under your car for like, <laughs> few years so so it's totally uh, uh, destroyed the, the rubber is hardened and stuff like that happens but um and that's why the only thing possible was to use like to yeah let's say attack the industry from a different way or to attack the 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 waste in a different way and that way we we found a way to um we could, I can't say exactly from which a, a Okay, all of our tires are taken from one of the biggest manufacturers of tires worldwide. And yeah, they don't really want to share that, so we will not like going into specific details. But they, um, when when you make tire, there is a organization process, and in this process, they cannot guarantee that all of them are um, like are passing some kind of a regulation process. So many of them are just being cast during that process. And it's actually, yeah, the same thing happens. You have to either try and recycle parts of them in a very, very uh, energy 
like energy demanding ways. So let's say you take a tire and the tire is uh, made of few layers and then you take only the, like you want just a few, like just one of the layers that you can really reuse. You need to heat it up to like crazy temperatures. So you're actually um, wasting tons of energy by trying to recycle it. And uh, what we found out is, was that, um, is that it's actually, actually we're taking a, a piece of the tire that we're saying, it's sort of like saving it from, uh, from the waste of trying to recycle it, okay? So what we do when we cut out this piece of that uh, layer of the tire, Actually, it's the most energy efficient thing you can do to that piece to make it leave again. Because you don't need to reheat it to like crazy temperatures and then mold it into something else. You just take it, you cut it, you have the perfect pattern for um, the perfect pattern for um, stability, for uh, traction. It's, it's all there. You just have to use it in the right way. And we can't use all tires. Uh, we, but we we are trying to do our best to use what we can, and um, yeah. By the way, all our tires are winter tires, for example, because mm -hmm. summer tires are made of uh, let's say a more um, rigid material. It's a bit more rigid the rubber, so it functions less for as a as a footwear. So yeah, the, there is um, the, this process is a bit complex. There's some machines involved, but uh, basically you take this slice, you use it. And the whole thing is is done in a recycling area in which you save a part of that um, energy waste uh, and also material waste because not everything can be recycled. Some of the layers can. It, it's a unique kind of presentation to show how it works. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, but also that I, I must say we, we came to that uh, out of a desire to to really upcycle recycle save energy save consumption um you know give the best product as well if we can and uh, those things are, are are really tricky because when diving into this world of uh, uh of uh, recycling and energy efficiency and stuff like that we we also do that with the uh, deliveries for example when we ship our products we always try to like make people think like please like take the second um you know measure your feet well print out the page we don't want people to drive our sandal somewhere so it doesn't fit your size and then you send it back to us and we send it again like we want to avoid that and don't at any cost that's a big thing for us um yeah that's something we really like people are not aware uh how like how everything is is actually interconnected when we when we talk about um, uh, about uh, like our effect on nature, our energy waste, and, and I don't like the word carbon footprint because <laughs> it's uh, it can be easily abused. But um, everything we do has a has something to do with it. And it's these small choices that we we as a we as a business, a very small business, but we, we're trying to 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 think on everything, every small thing we do. Is it really like, um, are are we really 
helping or are we not? It's a, it's a it's a it's a hard question to answer. We're, we're trying all the time. I wish like bigger companies who have bigger means they they could help much more by doing such thing. Unfortunately, usually they do it as a you know as a slogan or the, like mm-hmm. they try. Um, because I also understand that because it's really hard to maintain a business while you try to, like some people ask us, well, it's just like, it's just a tire. Why you charge so much, you know, but it's actually much cheaper for me to buy a Vibram sole and, uh, and use that, like, and it has the name and everything, but it, it goes bad after two years of use or one year for some people, it just goes smooth and it smoothens out. And when I use the tire, I can, like, you can literally use the flow model for, I, I really don't know how long because we didn't reach that yet, but it's um, it's just going to be there, you know, you're not weighing uh, two tons and driving at 100 kilometers speed, you, you don't, you just like walk on it, so it's going to be fine, um, but, um, but it's also, it's also sometimes um, challenging to think like, do I do a better thing when I even make a sandal, you know? Mm. Am I? Like, why don't we just eh, leave it? Like, let everybody walk with their feet now. But, but I mean, we, we do need something sometimes. So we're, we're doing our best and um, we are trying to even create, like, we, we all the time think, like, better models, better. Um, right now we developed, uh, like, we didn't develop it, but we, we found... Uh, like we, we did develop the exact spec, but uh, not the technique, of course, it's, it's been there forever. Um, but uh, we now start to incorporate some recycled uh, straps as well. Mm. So 100% recycled polyester straps that are going to, yeah, are going to get into production soon. So that's really good. So that, that will actually make the flow model, which is 100% tire sole and a recycled, 100% recycled scrap. I'm pretty sure that's the most recycled footwear in the world. Wow! Uh, wow! So I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Don't 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 put this uh, video anywhere that uh, can get me sued. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I was yeah, gonna so. ask you. I was gonna say. I was gonna ask about the strap. But to clarify, so the flow model, the footbed is in 100% recyclable tire, like. 100% yeah, it, it is a, it's a, it's an upcycle tire. So it's a, it's a, it's a certain layer of the tire that you mm. leave there. And uh, the thing with the flow is that actually not many tires um, can be used in that way. Mm. And it depends a lot because the tire manufacturer can change their, their, um, they can change their compound or their, uh, their, yeah, there's this layer of textile if they want, and then we can't really use it. And it also depends on the temperature we, in which we take this out, like, I mean, the season of the, of the year. So it's a really, it's a, it's a, let's say niche product. It's, it's very, it's not easy to get. And um, that's why sometimes it's a bit different. It looks a bit different. I mean, the color or the, the texture on the sole, it has the same uh, grip, so that's not a problem, but it, it does look different sometimes because it can be this tire or that tire, and it's still recyclable, but still does a good job. So, so, the, yeah. so the, end goal, the end goal were to be to make a 100% fully recyclable or up, up-recycled tire and present that to the world. 
to minimize waste. Yeah, yeah well, the, the that was one of the goals. I think the I think our goal is still, um, you know, we have like it, it. It's tricky because on one hand we do want to have a good environmental impact. On the other, um, we we do also want to give people what they want and need sometimes. And tire don't always give that. Like, for example, when we come to shoes, which we were considering developing, the tires are very problematic. And in our newer models, which we're working on, we might not even use tires and use other solutions that um, give also, like uh, when we think about the whole picture, it can give a, a good um, a good answer for a sustainable product or you know something that can last for long because we we notice that people also sometimes they will uh, yeah they will be maybe um, tired of their old sandal and they will just want a new one which is totally fine I mean but uh, it's always some kind of you know, like a balance you have to make. And we, we do want to make more products that uh, maybe are suitable for a bigger crowd so more people can enjoy it. Uh, but of course, we'll try to do it in the most, um, yeah, in the, we also work very lean. So as I said, we, we try to minimize, like uh, you asked me the other day, if we have some, uh, any stickers or anything like that, mm. right? You, you asked me something like that. And I was like, I remember when we thought, oh, we should make stickers, but then we're like, hey, I don't want stickers. I don't want plastic uh, stuck mm -hmm. on stuff everywhere, you know? And that's when we made the bags. We used to sell our sandals with the, with the bags and uh, that could use, you know, people use it for a few years now, these bags, and it's super nice. It's a fully, uh, yeah, you use it. Yeah. And uh, we, yeah, we have it like it's a, you know, just like a natural fabric, so. Amazing. Yeah, we're, we're we're trying to think in that in, in that direction, but in the same time, we gotta also like we have like some really nice ideas, and we we need to make them happen. Not surely it will happen with tires, but uh, we we are gonna have this for now. So, yeah. Dude, I love I I love what you're saying. First of all, my favorite line you said so far was, "I don't even know if we should make sandals because people should really be walking barefoot." That's like the most genius line I've ever heard any shoe company say because shoe companies think the yeah. opposite. Yeah. <laughs> shoe companies yeah. are like, let's That's... get people in shoes as much as possible and let's not let's market even minimalist footwear. Let's market it so much that they feel they don't need one or two shoes or a shoe and a sandal, but actually they need 50 shoes, one for every day of the week and one for every month of the year. You're like, no, yeah. we're doing a bad thing. We're putting sandals on people's feet. <laughs> so yeah, yeah every every sandal we sell i have like a small uh you know i'm like <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a good idea but but no we, we gotta also do that i don't know so maybe it's better they buy this and not something like a fully uh you know out of the machine wait finish so, your sentence every sandal yeah. you sell no i'm, I'm have... getting a, a small yeah i'm like a, a bit of something in me is like so you know someone like, is wearing shoes so, yeah no. <laughs> that's kind of funny so, so yeah but, uh, I, go ahead yeah yeah so so yeah that's what that's that's more that's so, it i mean <clears throat> yeah i i wanted to ask i think and we could wrap up with this question so you said you started manufacturing them in israel we have about like 
five, six minutes left to the podcast. Hmm. How did you go from this small idea in Israel with your partner, Nadav, and recently a few months ago or half a year ago, you opened up hmm. the international market? How do you do that? Yeah, so, Such a big step. So, yeah. For, so first of all, we we started from our, as I said, from our uh, backyard. Like, I mean, we're, we're neighbors and uh, we, we grew up in the same place and uh, we started by experimenting really like we just like uh, there and also the first uh, tires were cut there by us and uh, and um, it, we, we kind of learned the whole sandals making uh, with uh, artisans from Israel as well and uh, from yeah, from just experimenting and we experimented a lot. We did a lot of like people think, ah, you just like take that and you cut it and it's good. But whoa, we did a lot of experiments. We worked with many different, uh, we, ex we tested so many products, like just the straps we're having now, we tested maybe 10, 20 types. So like something in between of materials, of weavings. And uh, yeah, there's been a lot to it. And um, also few few versions and stuff and uh, it's really hard you know to to take it take up the, the, this step but um but it's just like a lot of hard work i would say we try all the time we we try to make make it better and the moment we like um yeah you, you get to a certain size where you like people think you're like a, you know you're a, huge manufacturer but no you still like fight for every pair you try to make it as good as you can you're um, you you try to minimize waste as well so so it's like uh it's it's really to be there and push things forward with your bare bare hands or bare feet and um I think one thing that helps us now a lot is uh, and also helps us feel feel good with our Selves that we're helping other people as well is um, a co cooperation we just uh, started a while ago with uh, some uh, association Amuta. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's called. It's an association in Israel that helps a non a non profit organization is what an yeah, Amuta means. Yeah. All right. Yes. So exactly that. So it's a non-profit organization uh yeah that uh, helps people um who has a yeah who has life a bit a bit a bit um more challenging uh yeah a bit bigger challenges than we and most people experience it helps them get back into the working cycle gives them job and helps them have a yeah, more healthy routine in their life and uh, yeah, it's really, it's an amazing thing. I, I just recommend for people to log in, like search Amitatarut and read a little bit. So so that's amazing that we can give also this, uh, that people who who are um, has a, have a connection with Amitatarut, that we can give them some opportunity uh, to help us, to help them, to help people walk there. Like it's, it's just like a win-win for everyone and it really helped us um, also to to like with actual amounts because people are buying more and more sandals and we're out of stock all the time so it helps us with that and it, it is definitely something we we like that gave us a push like a mental push as well 
once uh, we discovered that they uh, that it's we can help people while helping others like in ourselves it was just yeah this uh, like amazing step we took that helps us a lot right now and um to move into the world was always like you know i'm living everywhere for the past i've been living everywhere for the past uh, 10 years and we're on the line all the time and um you know so like for us zuzu is like about you know the world we don't see borders we don't see uh, anything like that so it's a it's a yeah it's a needed step and not easy to make out of israel because it's a very uh, small and uh, yeah it's a it's a bit uh, challenging to import export all this stuff you know no land borders that you really drive trucks to and stuff like that so everything's a bit more uh, pricey but um, at least we have like tons of sunny days to check and test the sandals so that's really good you know so wow dude i i think we'll wrap up now but like you're doing it right like some people would say wow how does this guy make money I don't know. I say you're making a sustainable, regenerative, recyclable sandal. You're giving to a nonprofit organization as you do it. You're trying to cut down on waste as much as possible. You're hand making them to avoid, you know, any more waste. You're always looking towards the future. Visionary saying, how can I make my sandal better? How can I get a minimal sandal to even more people? It just sounds like the perfect uh, company model for a holistic person who wants to, you know, connect to himself and connect to others. So Thank you for doing what you do. I'm so happy I got the opportunity we're, to hang out trying. with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so happy to meet you. I can't wait to see you in Israel sometimes or in Sweden or wherever you live in the next few years. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, looking forward to sharing this to the world. English, Hebrew, everything. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Make me forward. famous, man. No, like, yeah, let's go. Don't be, I don't please know, don't, don't make me famous. famous. Don't make me famous. No, I you don't really want to be famous, but if five more people know you, I think you'll be good. I'll take five. Five is a good. All right, Tal, thank you so much. All right, cheers, man. uh, Day, evening, afternoon, whatever time it may be. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. Ciao. Hey, I'm Sean, and I'm the Barefoot Athlete, and I want to welcome you on this six-week Barefoot Transition course. Two and a half years ago, we started developing this course, and we wanted it to be 12 months long. Why 12 months? Because we felt that if you just spent dozens of years in cushioned shoes, you can't transition that quickly. Realizing that 12 months is not sustainable, we shortened it to six weeks. And in these six weeks, you're gonna dive into foot, knee, ankle, hip, shoulder mobility. You're gonna dive into calf, ankle, knee, hip strengthening. You're gonna learn how to take care of your feet, how to release them with tons of soft tissue work. After the first phase is over, after the three weeks are done, your pain is gone, your knees, your hips, your feet are feeling great, ready to rumble move on to the advanced stage. We learn how to land, we learn how to jump, we learn how to produce force and absorb force. Every single week is action-packed with play, fun, challenges to challenge yourself, your friends, your loved ones, and your community. Tons of strengthening, tons of footwork, and we can guarantee you that in six weeks' time, you will be much, much closer to being able to fully love life and live life in minimalist footwear. And the best part of it all, you're not limited to six weeks. So if you want to go back and repeat a phase, you're more than welcome to. So let's go, come along, and enjoy the course.